coming up next on Chamber Amplified. Yes, people still make impulse purchases. You know, there's community influence. There's someone that says, I just bought this thing. You've got to try it. There's social media influences. I mean, people are buying things off TikTok every day. Um, but really, the the majority of people go through a buying process and there's baby steps to those. They see something, they research it, they go check and shop a few different options. Welcome to the show. I'm Doug Jenkins from the Findlay Hancock County Chamber of Commerce. On each episode of Chamber Amplified, we're examining issues impacting the local business community from employee recruitment and retention, marketing, IT issues. It's really anything that can be impacting your business. Our goal is to give our members tips each week on at least one way they can improve operations and thrive in the current business environment. So I don't know if you've noticed, maybe it's just me, but nothing seems to be cheap these days. In fact, there's a stand-up comedian, I can't think of his name, but he's got a bit about why does it cost $100 every time he goes outside the door. I get it, you're crunched for cash right now, but if you're running a business, how do you compete for what could be more limited discretionary spending from your target customer? That's what we're talking about today. Carrie Goff from Spire Advertising will be joining me to talk about that and give you some practical advice on how to fine-tune your marketing message to make sure you're top of mind when people spend that hard-earned cash. Thanks again for tuning in. Remember, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, you can rate and review the show. It really does help spread the word. And also, just a real quick note before we get into it. Uh, when we recorded this interview, apparently I bumped something on my mixing board, so my audio is a little bit crunchy this week. Carrie's is just fine if it's me that messed it all up. And rather than get Carrie back and redo the entire interview, I thought, we can probably deal with it. I don't talk nearly as much as I let Carrie talk, so should be okay. But uh, found it, just we made the correction just too late. So all the audio should be good other than my questions to Carrie during the podcast. Beyond that, let's get into it. It is uh, that time of year where especially businesses who are uh, that B2C type of business are, are really vying for people's dollars, whether they be restaurants, retail, and everything in between. Uh, the difference being these last couple of years, it's been, um, well, it's it's been a little tighter on people's budgets with inflation and everything. So today we're going to talk about how you really make yourself a value proposition for that. So uh, I'm sure that's just, you know, a real simple thing to do, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> so what if you're if you know you're in that market and you are trying to get discretionary dollars, what are the things that you need to be doing right now? I think in, in terms of how to position your business, I think the first thing you need to do is think like a consumer. I think sometimes as businesses, we know our product, we think we're the the biggest, the best, the all the things, but we forget what our consumer is actually thinking about or why they actually need our product in the first place. Um, so in terms of positioning ourselves, I think you really need to think of what your product and what your service, like who is that person that it best fits um, and why is it that they need your product um, and then place yourself in front of them in that way. So let's... Let's take it from there. Let's say you are a product that uh, you are a little bit more of a need base than a want base. And we'll come back to the want base, maybe luxury items, but things that, you know, everybody's got to buy stocking stuffers. Everybody's got to buy certain things as we come into the holidays. How do you position yours as, as the one to go to then? Yeah, I mean, I think even with discretionary dollars, people's buying behaviors are still the same. Um, they might think a little bit more on the pricing structure of it, but in terms of the product itself, um, they're still going to be thinking about brand loyalty. 
I mean, mm-hmm. if, if there's something they want to buy, they're still going to be the one that this has been my tried and true for however long. They're still going to look at that. So it's important for as a business to keep in front of your current consumers. Um, the other thing I think people are thinking a lot about is more how how much longevity or durability is it that I'm going to get out of this? So if I pay this price for quality, am I going to have to replace it in X amount of time? Um, and, and I think putting yourself out in front a little bit different is people still buy emotionally. I think inside we still buy like kids. We see something and say, I really, really want that. Um, But then the justification of which one do I choose? That's the intellectual part. That's the adult that comes out to say, okay, do I really need this? Can I afford this? Um, And so in terms of kind of placing yourself in that product or service in front of someone, um, really think about the emotional reasons why they might be buying that even when it's essential, when they have a couple different options. I think that's great advice. And that emotional connection a lot of times just trumps everything. So if it's, hey, I traditionally buy this this time of year. I know that people, when I give this, they they love it. I know that, uh, you know, maybe it's a pizza's chocolate covered pretzel because we're all yep. start seeing those out on the tables here before too long. I, yep. I know that, you know, I know people enjoy this. So just reestablishing that this time of year is is a good thing to do if you're a brand or a business. Oh, absolutely. And on that emotional part, too, I mean, I think there's a little bit of it of people still um, comfort things that they buy, convenience things that they buy. I mean, I think that if if you want to place yourself and position your business as a little bit different, how are you providing those comfort pieces? Um, that's still playing into the emotional part of the marketing strategy. I feel it's a little weird to be talking about this because I, I feel like we're kind of talking about how marketing was in like 2008, 2009 when we were in the throes of a recession. We're not in a recession right now. The economy is pretty strong. We just know that it's more expensive for the basics. Do you find that uh, there's some through lines between how people were doing their marketing and advertising then to how they're doing it now? Or are we still maybe talking or are we positioning things still a little bit differently now? I think people are positioning now a little bit different and they're understanding who their true uh, buyers are. So still back then, like you said, in 2008, we're still playing into kind of the the messaging and the emotional part or this is how we differentiate ourselves. However, with the amount of data that's available out there now and who's actually purchasing our products or what are people searching for, I think the that information has actually allowed businesses to kind of shift a little bit in the tactics that they use, um, what ad platforms that they're using, are they still using traditional versus digital, um, even event type things? Who do we invite? What do we say? Mm-hmm. So that way you're kind of maximizing the efforts that you're putting out. It's less about using that same messaging and a broader mass of people and more about making sure every dollar that you're spending gives you the best chance possible in front of the person that's going to buy. I think when you're trying to quantify all that type of data, it is great to have a partner like Spire or somebody in that industry in, in marketing and advertising just to kind of go over that details that way especially for small businesses you don't have that marketing and advertising department maybe you're trying to do it all on your own through social media what have you you need somebody to talk to on this yeah absolutely i mean i think in in marketing whether you're in b2c or b2b we all have the hopes of we do this marketing and all of a sudden all the sales come in um it's a magic bullet 
Right. There is no magic bullet. <laughs> I mean, if you look, if you think about yourself as a consumer, yes, people still make impulse purchases. You know, there's community influence. There's someone that says, I just bought this thing. You've got to try it. There's social media influences. Mm -hmm. I mean, people are buying things off TikTok every day. Um, but really the the majority of people go through a buying process and there's baby steps to those. They see something, they research it, they go check and shop a few different options. And then over time, just the awareness or the repetition of what they see um, helps move them towards a different decision. So I think in just that data piece of it, learning what those baby steps are and what you do to help move someone um, is the best way in choosing how to position your business in front of the right people. You said something earlier that really piqued my interest in that businesses need to think about their product like the customer and not necessarily like the business. That is, I think, well said, but I think it can be hard to do, but there's a great tool to be able to do it. We all have access to it. It's free and that's chat GPT right now where you can just put it in. Yeah. Hey, I am, you know, shopping for this type of thing. And if you really play with those types of prompts, you can get some really useful information back. It's not the be all end all of, of trying to get something together, but man, it's a really good starting point. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, and again, when you, you even talk about the why people buy even on the emotional side, mm -hmm. you know, we can use the example of a car. More people make buying decisions to move away from a pain than to move towards a shiny object. You know, so they're they're they want that new car, but they want it because they're not getting good gas mileage. Their payment might to, be too high, all of those things. And to your point, you can actually use ChatGPT to learn what are the main struggles in an industry? What are those pains that that person is facing mm -hmm. to your point to be able to use it in that language? I have to imagine that being in marketing and advertising right now is just maybe a very exciting time, but there's just all sorts of data to pull from. There are all sorts of tools. We're going through an economy like we've never seen before, or if we've seen it, it's yeah. been a century or more. Uh, I imagine your world's a little crazy right now. It is. I mean, it's the amount of different platforms and data and all these different things, but they're, they're tools. Mm -hmm. And I think the key is, is a tool is only as good as you use it. And you have to understand the reason why you're using it. And so that's the, the exciting part for us is there's a million different things that you can do in marketing. Um, there's a million different ways that you can do the data and you can kind of drown in a, a little bit if you're not doing things with intentionality. If you're not saying, okay, this is who will buy our product. If I can have a um, hundred of these customers, my business would be booming. So what tools do we need? What tactics do we need? How do we get that person to move? So I think that would be the best advice is as fast as things change, it's really exciting. And people always want to say, oh, I want to try this new thing. But why? What's what's the output? What is was it going to get you? Obviously, we're by the time this podcast airs, we're heading towards December. Christmas is on the horizon. Uh, I think Thanksgiving is behind us. I kind of forget how the podcast schedule is working right now. But so these are things that ideally you were probably wanting to work on before we got to this time of year. But if you haven't, is there still time to put that marketing plan together and really make that value proposition for someone? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think the thing I would say, if you feel crunched on time, um, it's always easier to get more out of your current customers when we talk back to brand loyalty and understanding a product um, quality and things like that or making referrals. It's always easier to kind of expand that wallet share from your current customer base than it is to try to convince someone um, into making that that purchase ahead of time. We always want more, but sometimes that more can come from our current customers if we market to them in the right way. So I would say if if you're crunched on time, really take a look at if you have a customer base, what's the best way to get in front of them to get them to maybe buy additional products or services, uh, buy more than what they bought the last time, order more frequently over the holiday season um, could definitely help at least get that that wheel going for you. Hey, you've brought up brand loyalty a few times. I always like to go back to that. It's something that was drilled into my head when I was just an associate at American Eagle in college and even as an assistant manager there for sure. And it's always something that stuck with me is once you have them in the store and once they've bought something, if they've had a good experience, if they liked the clothes then, and of course they liked the clothes then, uh, then they were going to come back or there was a higher likelihood that they come back. When you are doing that messaging to people who have been customers or are current customers, what are some of the things that you want to include to really establish that, hey, you've been here, you love us, come on back, we've got some more stuff for you? Yeah, I think in terms of, again, thinking like the consumer is, are they going to want that product again or is there other things that can complement it? So kind of fluffing up with that consumer say, hey, you bought that pair of pants. You know what would go really great with it? This shirt. Mm -hmm. You would look fabulous in these things together. You know, things along those lines that kind of help broaden if they've only bought one product or only used one service, um, just kind of indoctrinating them into you trust us here. How about you come check us out on all these other spots? Is We're talking a lot about B2C type of businesses, but is it kind of the same proposition in B2B right now? Obviously, they're not doing gift buying or things like that, or if they are, it's for associates, things like that. But I have to imagine you're going back to your customer and you know your customer's paying more for their energy costs and things like that, that you still have to make that value proposition. Yeah. And I think a lot of the value proposition in B2B also has to go a lot with the relationship. Mm. People buy from people. Um, and so that's where we see in the B2C space that marketing is really, really important. But what boosts it is when marketing and sales actually join themselves together. When they're saying the same things, they're nurturing the same customers. Um, there has that personal touch that's happening from a real person along with the marketing to them. Um, they're more likely to engage um, and again, increase their orders or check out different products or services rather than just getting that one mass email saying, hey, there's a sale. Um, so think about yourself. If you get a personal phone call that says, hey, Doug, I know you bought this product. Use the same language that this marketing is using. You're probably more likely to at least hear uh, what you have to offer rather than just checking out an email as well. But the language has to be the same because then when that email comes, it's like, oh, yeah, Doug told me about this. I think I want to go ahead and take up this offer. Don't make your customer or your client do the math to figure out that you were talking about the same thing as that email. That is absolutely. It's so important that everyone is saying the same thing. 
So make sure you have that meeting with everybody and uh, and everybody's on the same page before that messaging goes out. Uh, Gary, I, I really appreciate your, your information on this. And I don't want to uh, go too long here, but if people want to have a conversation with you about how maybe they can upgrade their uh, their messaging or you know get into their customers' heads here uh, as we head towards Christmas or even into the new year, certainly, uh, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Yeah, so you can uh, go directly to our website, which is spiread.com. That's S-P-I-R-E-A-D.com. Um, or you can reach out to us directly at sales at spiread.com. Um, and we'd love to sit down and just kind of think through strategy with them and messaging and see how we might be able to help during the season. All right, Carrie, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks again to Carrie for joining us today. Always appreciate checking in with her and getting her thoughts on some of these marketing topics. With this episode a little bit shorter for an abbreviated work week, we'll be back to catching up with the Small Business Award winners next week on Chamber Amplified. So that'll do it for this week's episode. If you have any ideas on topics that we should cover on future episodes, just send me an email with that. djenkins at findlayhancockchamber.com is how to get in touch with me. Remember, if you're listening on the Chamber's website, you can make this a little bit of an easier process on yourself. Go to your favorite podcast player, search for Chamber Amplified, and hit subscribe, and you'll have us every Friday. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on Chamber Amplified from the Findlay-Hancock County Chamber of Commerce.